it's all you. Hey, go. okay, we're up and ready to go. So we're trying this. We're doing this a bajillion different ways. Uh, we are live <laughs> on are. Facebook. We are live on Instagram, and um, yeah, this will be a podcast. So hey, everybody, thank you for tuning into the, this episode of the Scarehouse Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dutters, and with me, co-host Scott Simmons. Hi. Which I'm I don't even know what direction to look. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> But yeah, so what we're trying to do is uh, we're doing a Q&A thing. You know, yeah. we ask some people, you know, folks to send us some questions and feel free if you're watching at home to send us some questions. If you have questions about Scarehouse, our background, if we like cats or dogs, um, whatever you pick. And and here is, uh, this is a great indication of what the uh, Scarehouse mindset is. This is the first time we've ever done it, so we're trying to make it really complicated. Um <laughs> The idea was, let's do a podcast Q&A. Then it became, well, let's do it live on Facebook. Then it became, let's do it live on Facebook with Sorg so we can have multiple cameras and do switching. Then seconds before air, Dutters went, <laughs> wait a minute. If I put my phone on, I can do it live via Instagram. Hi. Is there anything left? Do, no. Is, is Foursquare still a thing? Do we? I wouldn't even say Foursquare. Friendster? Uh, and Friendster. <laughs> AOL Messenger. Those of you on the AOL chat room, uh, just feel the free to reach out. Yeah, AOL <laughs> chat room. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. Well, we're not on. We have Periscope. I could have pulled that up too. Oh, that's true. Anybody have Periscope? That's we true. <laughs> so Any questions on the CompuServe room? Any uh, yeah. room? What, what was Compu? Oh, that was bulletin boards. Yeah. For so, the most part, I think. I forgot I have a live mic. Sorry about that. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. Uh, this yeah. is um, I'll, Instagram. You can see him because you're not going to be able to see him on Facebook. But uh, that's uh, Michael Sorg. Uh, we're at Sorgatron Media Studios up here in Beachview. Across the way are Delicious Tacos, which true. is next stop. Uh, to be true. honest, that's the only reason we came here was to get the tacos <laughs> afterwards. But uh, Sorg is our wonderful producer who is going to help us get through this amazing thing, hopefully. And... and uh, <laughs> First question, Sork, which one of us do you like better? Because uh, we're both here. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wait, are you asking, asking yeah. me that? <laughs> yeah, this is real. Although, you know what? One of us is really violent and scary and vengeful. Yeah, yeah. And, the, say, and say, the other one's me. So Yeah, yeah. So Katie lives closer to me and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and is on more of my podcast. So I'm going to have to go with Katie right now. That's fair. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's pretty much the standard answer anytime I ask that. Okay. Everyone likes stutters better. So. Well, here's a good. The first one, I'm taking this one from Instagram. Uh, they ask us, what's the most fun part of our job? Uh, the people, I'd say, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I say the whole we say the whole scarehouse family thing a lot, but that is uh, that's that's really true. I mean, we are just this crazy group of misfits, and um, we support each other. We can come up with all these new ideas, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely for me, it's definitely the people. I, I think, yeah. Well, gosh, we have a wonderful scarehouse family. It's. I'm every day. I'm my best part of my job is getting to brag about what they do, either behind the scenes or right in your face. So I think we luck out with that. And then some of this ridiculous stuff like we're doing now. This is this is fun, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> this is fun. Well, it's, it's funny. I was just talking uh, just a little bit ago to a friend of mine who's going to be on an upcoming episode of the Scarehouse Podcast. Scarehousepodcast.com. Subscribe. Uh, who. One of the things that's great about Scarehouse, and yeah, I know it gets a little weird to say, you know, one, one of the things that's great about the thing that I co-own, hi, uh, is that we have this freedom to just have an idea and it becomes a thing. You know, we don't have any corporate overlords. 
we do have sponsorships and marketing partnerships, but they get us. We're weird. So, and, you know, in a lot of environments, even some of your more so-called edgy brands, they can't just be like, hey, let's try this thing and it, and do it. We can't just go live and have Katie with her phone in her hand. And, you know, that being able to just jump out and not have that fear of failure is uh, really rewarding, I think. All right. This is a good one. What do we do for the other 11 months of the year? <laughs> what do what, what do you do for the other 11, 11 months, months of the year? year. Uh, wow. Uh, this is this is a question we get a lot yep. in one way or another. Like, what do you do the rest of the year? So it's, what is it? I almost said, what month is this? It's March. Uh, aren't you guys, what are you doing? Halloween's not for several months away. And it's wild because especially the five full-timers that we have on staff. So we essentially, we had November was our last opening day Mm -hmm. and then within a few weeks we were back at it we were meeting and trying to figure out you know we go over we do a a very extensive customer surveys we Mm -hmm. look at the data between social media and see what people have for feedback and we go in and we go what do we like what worked what didn't work and then we're able to start planning and january is full-on creative meetings Mm -hmm. determining what's going to be coming up next year and then we start building and it's wild Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's each new Scarehouse production is like a big movie. And you think about it, we don't have a lot of pre-production time. I mean, the if you were working on a movie and you had to deliver the kind of product we do in the amount of time we did, you would understand, man, that's really ambitious because there's new sets, new costumes. But then also the the more mundane stuff like budgeting and coordinating and, and logistics and then coming up with our marketing strategies and plans and doing all that. And I've used this analogy before. It's always kind of interesting to me if, if somebody said, Oh, I'm, I'm getting married and you say, Oh, when's the wedding? And they'd say, Oh, it's a year and a half. You wouldn't go, what are you going to do for the next 12 months? Cause you know, it takes a long time. Or if you were remodeling a room in your house and you say, all right, I'm going to redo my bathroom. Well, you know, that redoing a bathroom, redoing a kitchen often takes months. Well, Scarehouse, when we're doing a new haunt and also changing existing things and doing a new basement, that's a whole lot of rooms. And uh, it takes, you know, there's the design, there's the budgeting. It just, it, that time goes quick. And I mean, no, here we are in March. And <laughs> I like how we have no idea when it is. Yeah, Katie and I, yeah, I really, I, you know, honestly, I was filling out some paperwork yesterday. I was really 50 50% on what the year was. Like, I'd actually written it down. I'm like, I'm still not sure that's right. Because here's the other thing, as we're planning, we're also, we tend to think now in two and three year cycles. So when we make a commitment to doing something this year, we're like, okay, well, how how does that impact 2018, 2019? And that can mess with your brain. So yeah, here we are mid-March and you and I were both doing stuff last night at like one o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it doesn't, uh, it, Scarehouse will slow down in in the winter, but it never stops. And it's funny because we do boring things like budgets. Yeah. (laughs) Spreadsheets. Our design manager, Nicole, I don't know how many budgets and spreadsheets I've seen her put together. I've talked about this on the podcast a lot, scarehousepodcast.com, subscribe. Uh, So much of this business involves business planning and spreadsheets and customer data. And I think a lot of times creatives who want to get into a creative business they say, well, I don't, you know, I don't do all the business stuff. I'm the creative person. 
and uh, that person is not going to be in business very long. You know, the irony is if you want to do a creative business, if you want to be a hunter, you have to actually lean into all that stuff and you really have to lean into marketing, uh, not just high tech fancy stuff like this, but you know, it's, you can't, if you're getting in any kind of creative endeavor, that means you've got to really know your numbers. Oh, I was just raising my hand. Oh, raising your hand. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I didn't I, know what, I we didn't qu- discuss hand signals. That's I didn't right. know what well, that meant. I, I have a question uh, that I think kind of rolls into this. Yeah. Uh, Brandy out there says, when budgeting, what is your priority? Is it marketing that new scene or is it the props, the actors? I mean, there's so many things to go into it. I, I think it's it's a balance of everything. It's it's I, I'm a big fan of keeping everything in balance. So on a, even on a production level, for example, at Scarehouse, we try to balance it out so it's not too many animations, not too many actors, not too, you know, everything gets the same level of attention and investment. You know, if, if sometimes I see haunted houses, for example, that are having crazy elaborate sets and then they've clearly spent about $30 on their sound design. Like, well, you've, you know, it's all going to fit. It's all going to work. And then marketing, you know, we have a budget every year. And then within that budget, there's sort of different quadrants, but, it's hard to really get too much into specifics, but I mean, I, I, I feel comfortable saying that marketing is, for any successful haunted house across the country, marketing is a big, big part of the budget. Payroll, to answer the next question might come up, payroll is our number one. It's not insurance. It's not, uh, it's not marketing, but you know, Scarehouse has a pretty big staff. You look at that cast and crew, and uh, it takes a lot of money to pay all those scary clowns. yeah oh i'm gonna i like this question uh they ask is the building in etna really haunted absolutely and dutters you can speak to that because you've done many a paranormal investigation out there yeah we've uh one of my favorite things to do in the building are paranormal investigations and we'll start that up this fall again once we kind of we open again probably yeah that'll be the plan look how you have plans this is the things you have to think about constantly like when are we going to start this when does this make sense and um We've done a lot of paranormal investigations in the building and gotten some really great evidence. Um, right before we start doing paranormal investigations, we will have a pretty cool podcast that I've put together with some of our evidence. Ooh, teaser. Um, <laughs> I'm very good at my job. <laughs> but um, it, it's really funny. I, I, I like the Dutter's comment of commenting on what she's doing. <laughs> like, ooh, I'm mysterious. <laughs> And, oh, I just saw Tim ask. He's asked how old the building is. I think it's 102 years old this year. 102 years old. Happy birthday, building. (laughs) But even uh, you can ask anyone who's been on any sort of the builder design team or the management staff that has been there at off hours and heard doors slam where there aren't doors or Mm -hmm. heard knocking on walls that are way too high to have anybody touch them um to hearing whispers to being touched to just like all the Seeing kind of people walk by yeah shadows it's it's wild it definitely and i mean it's it's almost unfortunate in some ways from the marketing standpoint because it seems so on the nose of hey we're in a haunted house it's actually haunted but uh and and i'll tell this quickly because i know i've told the story before uh when we first moved into this building back in 2007 uh, almost immediately we started picking up on stuff, but given the nature of what we do and how creepy the building is, I think all of us just went, well, that's just in our imagination. And it was actually two th- summer of 2008 when I had an opportunity to talk to a former uh, 
employee of the Etna Elks, and he said, yeah, the place is haunted. And he mentioned specific areas where it was known the paranormal stuff happened, and it was the exact same areas where we had mm-hmm. and still encounter weird stuff. And the other thing I would say is it would be one thing if we were, you know, it's late on a Saturday night and it's midnight and we're walking around with candles and trying to raise the spirits through Ouija boards and, oh, and then we saw a thing. Then you'd be like, well, I think you're kind of (laughs) setting yourself up for that. 90% of the truly terrifying, creepy stuff that happens is under the most mundane conditions. And that's what makes it so scary that you were just walking down the hallway and you see somebody and like, Oh, Hey, there's oh crap. I'm the only one here, you know? And that's, that's bad. All right. I'm going to jump in here. Sorry. I'm like, if I don't ask these questions, they'll go away on Instagram. Uh, do you visit other haunted houses to compare? Yes, actually this last mm-hmm. year, the, the, our core team visited quite a few haunted houses. I don't know. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah, we've been, oh, We've traveled, we went, well, it was like, where are we at today? We were at Den Schoolhouse last year. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, we were at uh, Cutting Edge. down Cutting for, Edge, for, uh, Bates Motel, Shocktoberfest. Correct. Yeah, I, uh, our big haunt convention's coming up next week at Transworld. Yeah. Um, for me, I always make a pilgrimage down to Orlando to go to Halloween Horror Nights. Um, it's, I wish we could see more. They're, just, they're all open at the same time. Uh, and you actually, you got to see, you got to see Graceland. You got to see the mothership. You got to go out to Baton Rouge and got a sneak peek at it. Where did I thir- go? 13th Gate. Oh, yeah. I did go there. I where got did to I, see, go? I was like, where did I go? <laughs> I don't remember. Um, yeah, I got to see uh, 13th Gate's uh, escape rooms and, and do a behind the scenes tour of their haunted house. And it was so good and so massive and so amazing. Yeah. And it's it's great because... I, at least uh, most of my experiences with other haunters have been pretty good in that we like to talk about what we do. I mean, there are very few people in the world that do what we do and it's nice finding mm-hmm. people um, who are interested in what you're interested in because we have moments all the time where we go places and they're like, where do you work? I'm like scare house. And like, Oh really? Okay. That's cool. Or they just don't want anything to do with me. Like that's weird. So it's nice when you're like, like-minded human beings and um, being able to talk about what you're doing, what works, what doesn't work and sharing things and, and kind of, being on a different level than you get yeah. to be with other people. So yeah, it's, it's fun visiting and chatting with everyone. I remember, I'm going to jump in a question. Yeah. Someone had asked on Twitter, forgive mm-hmm. me. I don't oh, have a laptop in front of me, so I can't credit you for this. Uh, but somebody had asked, how do we decide what our new haunts are going to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is telling because just hours ago, in fact, we announced that Pittsburgh zombies return this year. We're doing a, a sequel to Pittsburgh zombie at Scarehouse. Different haunt, different experience, sort of the next chapter, scarehouse.com. Um, the, <laughs> uh, how to decide the haunts, it's no, there is no one answer to that question, I'd say. Um, because some years we've added two, some years we've added one. Um, it's sort of a wide variety of factors. What, what Dutters had said earlier is true. In November, December, we will look at all the survey data because we will survey our customers. Then we'll also look at the reviews online and some of the comments we get and sort of try to get a, a sense of what the customers are telling us about the experience they had last year. Then we will also just talk internally about the stuff we'd like to do, you know, because sometimes there might be an opportunity to do a haunt that 
the market data might show well, this would be really popular if you did this, but internally you're like, we're not really excited about that particular theme. So a lot of times it's basically coming up with a theme that we get excited about, but also can satisfy the customers. And then sometimes it's just, there's another element of it that can just be pure logistics of, you know, how does what we want to do fit in with the rest of the experience? And sometimes you have an issue of, okay, we have this really good idea for a certain style of haunt, but in order to do that, we have to get rid of this other haunt and we kind of like that haunt right now. So it's, it's a lot of conversation and a lot of, again, back to the spreadsheets and the projections. And also I think for me, it's always, excuse me, looking for a theme that we can, because any haunt is basically a story you are trying to tell and looking for a story we can tell with a scarehouse spin on it. You know, something that's a little bit subversive or weird or cynical or funny. You know, if, if we come up with a haunt theme and we're like, yeah, we don't really have anything new to say about that or anything interesting, we're not going to do it. I see a good question on here. Do you want to ask it? Um, where, where on, the, on the Facebook? Yep. Speaking of themes. Lee says last year's theme was crazy uh, exciting, but kind of got sidetracked uh, as they walked through. Uh, clown and fluorescent decor is old. Here's an interesting thing that happens when you're, when you're doing a haunted house or doing this. That, and this is sort of like horror movies too, I think. That when fans get into it and they really like it and they come every year... Um, they might, there's certain things that they might go like, oh, this again. But especially with clowns, the reality is, you know, we could never have enough clowns. I can tell you that, you know, and it's like chainsaws. Now, Scarehouse does not have any chainsaws just because we're mostly an indoor haunt. And, uh, you know, you can't have gas-powered chainsaws inside. I know I have been going to haunted houses since the 80s. There's nothing, there's very, very, very little you could do with a chainsaw to impress me. But, and I think people who go to haunted houses a lot are like, oh yeah, chainsaw, great. But people love chainsaws, so Mm -hmm. you sort of have to put that in there. And 3D, I really love 3D, and a lot of our customers love 3D. Mm -hmm. It's, anytime we do it, it's one of our most requested and then most appreciated things. But having said that, I know a lot of haunted house fans don't necessarily dig 3D. Mm -hmm. And that's always why I think at Scarehouse we try to do a lot of different kind of things. So, you know... If you're not really into 3D, it's like, well, you're probably going to like all the other stuff. So just enjoy that moment for, you know, just chill for a little bit. And uh, it's somebody else likes it. I have kind of a question off that because we've had a lot of discussions when I go in and check out, you know, some of the early parts of the season, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, and we're, we're talking feedback and how things are going. And I, and I know I've been impressed with going through a same haunt this year that gave me chills that that didn't the year before things like that and and especially you know with a new you know the the uh the the motel theme last Mm -hmm. year was new and you know these things are always kind of organically changing it sounds like for you guys well and it's it's every night is a performance and there's so many different factors that can play into it and i think that's that's one of the things that makes it to me, really fun and really fascinating, but it also can be really challenging. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you go see a movie, um, let's say The Conjuring, just to mm-hmm. use a scary movie. Um, obviously, if you see The Conjuring in a big theater with a great sound system and a packed audience, it's going to be a much different impression than if you see it at you know watching it on your phone. Mm-hmm. But the mechanics of what that movie is remain consistent. 
if you're going through a haunted house, even within the same season, there are a lot of different factors. It might be a different actor than the night before. It might be the people in your actual group might react a certain Mm -hmm. way. And it's interesting. Like you could go, and I mean, we've had people who go through the same haunt, same, you know, scare house two, three, four times. And they will say, Oh, this is so much better than it was two weeks ago. And you added this and you added this. And sometimes like, yeah, we didn't actually add anything. It's just that maybe, you saw something differently or your group reacted a different way. Like it's all, or it plays out differently. Cause sometimes yeah. it's different if you get like, you know, uh, you know, if you got bunched up with another group and then something gets out a little early, or if you're in the front row of a group, yeah. you know, uh, or, or, or something like that, or something is set kind of slightly differently. Well, and it's, it's hilarious to look at the reviews and the surveys. Cause I can't tell you how many times we'll see somebody saying, Oh my God, the 3D was the best part. You've got to do more 3D. Very <laughs> next comment. 3D is so tired. Get rid of it. <laughs> Why is it so dark in there? I can't see anything. Why is it so bright? I could see everybody coming. I'm like, I. <laughs> I think my favorite is always like, you haven't changed anything in four years. Like, we've had how many different haunts in yeah. the last? We are spending a lot of money on something. We're like, you what know? are we doing then? Yeah, what are we doing? If you don't notice that they're different. Uh, I, when we had the Rampage, I remember the one year one of the super fans came out and said, oh, that robot was so awesome. That uh, We've had that robot for three years and he's 14 feet tall. How did you not? <laughs> okay. They looked up this time. Yeah. Because they weren't getting scared in the same way, yeah. right? Yeah. It, it really is, you know. I mean, that's I, I'm the kind that goes through and I'm, I kind of want to stop and look at the details. Yeah. You know, a lot because I'm really interested in the set part. Well, that's why you should take advantage of the behind-the-scenes tours regularly mm. offered in September and October. <laughs> Join the Scarehouse know, email list. How did you know Adam asked that? If we're going to bring back the behind-the-scenes tours. Because <laughs> we are. They're fun. I yeah. enjoy them. I get to brag about all the cool things our team does, so I love those. Yeah, the the Scarehouse behind-the-scenes tour, uh, more often than not, given by debtors, yep. um, that's really me. a great... And, you know, we're, we won't be offering them again until this fall, obviously, but uh, those are really great opportunities to see all the details and all the inside jokes and uh, all the little details that Nicole notices and gets is insisting that people will notice and never do. Um, there's 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 one room where the wallpaper there's one piece of wallpaper that's hung the wrong way. Um, I we're gonna tell you exactly where it's at. So you can you're going to have to because I this is confessions of Scarehouse Scott, creative director. I still don't know which piece. I've I've been in rooms this bright. I'm like I I don't see what she's talking about. So I was uh, speaking with your your sound designer one time uh, after going through, and he was talking about how he put some Julia Child stuff in yes. like the, yeah. in, yeah. the, in the uh, in the kitchen scene. Yep, you know, just a little entertain thing. And of course, this person would 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 be listening to this, right? There are there are inside jokes in Scarehouse that maybe three people get and <laughs> still doing it. Oh, we'll do it forever. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, you got one? Um, I was going to say, I saw one on Instagram. It was like, is it harder to scare people now? Do you think it's harder? Is it like the years have gone on? Is it harder to get people to get? <laughs> I, um, excuse me, visual humor for the podcast, folks. Um, I don't think so. Um, where it gets a little tricky, I will say, is in the basement mm-hmm. because... Basement has, this is going to be the sixth, unbelievably sixth year of the basement. And um, 
basement changes entirely every year. And where it gets tricky is if you are a new customer going into the basement, then you're going to have that, that experience of it being intimate and immersive. And there's only two, one or two of you at a time where that gets tricky is some of our super fans who have come not only to every regular edition of the basement, but even some of the sort of one-off special events we do, a lot of the core elements of what make the basement so intense and scary have diminishing impact if you have been eight, nine, ten times. To, you know, the idea of like, oh, I'm walking down the hallway all by myself and something might happen, you know, that that is a big core part of what the basement is, obviously. And but then once you've done it several times, you've got to find new ways to scare people. And to that end, basement has definitely become a little bit more uh, I don't want to say esoteric, but a little bit more psychological, a little mm-hmm. bit more story-driven because we're sort of playing with, okay, how do we take this further? How do we do things beyond just the startle scare? Um, but I don't. I think the actual mechanics of scaring people haven't really changed in generations. It's still, hey, look at that thing over there. Ah, I scared you, you know. <laughs> it's all magician tricks, smoke, mirrors, distractions, and clowns. Yeah, it's, it's maybe maybe partially answered in this, but there was a question that was submitted earlier. Uh, we know the industry is going high tech in a lot of aspects with animations, complex like CGI. Uh, who's people using CGI in haunts? Yeah, Rune? kind of. Rune? Yeah, you, there are there are people who are doing things with uh, video projections where like the portraits will come to life. Oh, okay, okay. Or like a oh, like the, the was Ghost Wood Estates pep- thing. They've got yeah. like. A, CG character, yeah. Like that was a Pepper's Ghost effect, or they brought back Tupac and the Gorillas concert. Yeah, the holograms. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, they asked, uh, in what ways does Scarehouse utilize some old school haunt tricks? I'd say you guys use a lot of a old lot school. of old school tricks. Basically, we use the new age, the new age incense. Uh, we knew <laughs> we do a lot of the new technology to set the scene and tell the story, or sometimes even as a distraction. But then the actual scares are, in a lot of cases, just variants on ways that we were scaring people back in the 80s in some cases. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and I've said this and it's a bit of a soundbite, but it's kind of true. I have yet to see any kind of new whiz-bang, super cool computer technology that can be as impactful as a giant clown in a small closet. <laughs> you know, and I think that, because uh, <laughs> that, that's an organic thing. You're making eye contact with some tall, scary guy, and you're like, I don't know what he's going to do, and he's clearly a scary human being. And for me, too often, when it's an effect, if you are a customer going through the haunted house experience and you see the effect, your first thought is, that's a cool effect. Not, oh, that's a thing that's going to eat me or scare me or whatever, like, yep, effect. And there's a place for that sometimes, but I think within the actual experience, I'm much more analog, much more tactile. What keeps it fresh for you? Do you think that there'll be a time when you say, I'm done, I've done everything scary and haunted, and I've got uh, I've got in my mind to do? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> I think that... Submitted a question, by the way. Yes. <laughs> in four. I, 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 no, I really don't think so. I think that because uh, the beauty of ScareHouse is that our all of our team, we don't like to sit still. We yeah. We like to keep changing things. And we have a team that all has different perspectives. So somebody will have a whole view and a whole 
series of research or data or analysis they're able to bring in. So it's always fresh, you know, going all, I mean, and that's been that way for 10 years now. I mean, going all the way back to when we started Delirium 3D and uh, Jennifer Rocket brought in stuff on, have you heard of cyber goth? Have you heard of, uh, Jap- you know, very obscure Japanese anime mixed with steampunk, mixed with this thing? And then one of our other designers was, well, here's a Nickelodeon cartoon. And he- like all these things I would never be exposed to. And then mixing them up into this weird mash of stuff. And to that day, we're still, to this day, we're still doing it with Sunset Lodge. That was so much fun because it was like, okay, I was, <laughs> dad and I had actually lived through the 80s as, you know, whereas the rest of our crew for the most part were children, babies. <laughs> uh, but it was fun to go back and be like, okay, here's what that would look like. Here's what that would sound like. Here's, so, and I think just the ways of scaring people is just fun because it follows up with that laugh. You know, I think if it was where it would potentially get tiresome for me would be if we were stuck doing, um, like if Scarehouse was stuck to just one theme all the time forever and ever and ever. I mean, um, God bless them. I, I have two, I have two different friends in this state who do haunted houses based on prisons and they're great as human beings and attractions. But I, honestly, if I was like, okay, year 15, What's our new theme for a prison? I'd be going, you know, a prison with clowns, a prison in small jail cells. See, that's I would do clown prisons. That would be awesome. (laughs) Um, But no, I mean, there's just so much and limitless creativity. I I don't think I'd ever get tired of it. Dutters, I hopefully I don't get tired. (laughs) No, it feels like every day we we get to do something different, and it's not. A lot. There's not a lot of freedom in a lot of other industries the way you have in a haunted house. Yeah, and it's just fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, Dutters never has any stress because uh, she has <laughs> such a great, intimidating working relationship with me. Uh, but uh, the <laughs> more visual humor. Uh, the, but I mean, I, I think especially when it comes to October, it can get very stressful. But then you go all right, I'm just going to walk away and walk through the haunted house and watch people getting scared and laughing mm-hmm. and having a good time. You're like, all right, this is pretty cool. This is what we do. Yeah. We scare people for money. Which is pretty darn awesome. <laughs> I think so. I like to sit in the office and just listen. There were, there's were there been a few scenes over the years, uh, room of doors and summoning that hallway, the loop hallway where Dave the Clown lived. Um, I would just love <laughs> hearing people just open his door and hear him laugh and hear them yeah. lose it. Yeah. I could listen to that for hours. <laughs> Because his laugh is just so great, and then they're just screaming, and it's just fantastic. So there's, there, by the way, there's a fun inside story. Scarehouse spends a lot of time and creativity and market data coming up with names for haunts, with <laughs> names for characters. Uh, and, and I could do a whole seminar just on that because we found with our attractions – the more obscure or strange or creative the name is, the more the audience kind of doesn't understand it. So we'll, we've put so much effort into all of this. Dave the Clown <laughs> is just Dave the Clown. And there... He's watching this right now, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and he's named Dave the Clown because the actor who plays him is named Dave. Dave. <laughs> uh, I am not kidding. We have had focus groups we've had meetings there have been lists 
there have been people who have come in, gone out, and like there have been probably well. I'm, this might be a slight exaggeration, but I believe there were up to a hundred names and multiple people, and we just all came back to yeah, Dave. It's just Dave. It's, it's Dave. Just the Dave. <laughs> and I'd say answering that get a button on that other question when somebody said, "Will you ever get tired of it?" I will say that, you know, there have been so many, the haunted house business as it is, has been around for so long and there've been so many clowns and so many characters. I reached a point like, I don't think I have it in me to come up with an interesting clown name. I got, I got nothing. We had lists. They were fancy. (laughs) They were fancy. (laughs) And then we come to Dave. I love it. We love you, Dave. You're the best. Um, We put him through so many things. (laughs) It's, it's, it's funny because I think you, and, and I'm incredibly thankful, and poor Davis is going to have to listen to me gush about him for a second. We've, you always have people who you put in a character role that are very front and center, and you make them a very big part of your marketing, and then sometimes it doesn't work well behind the scenes. And Dave has done every single ridiculous thing. Dave and Tracy from The Basement have done every ridiculous thing oh, we've yeah. ever asked of them. And they're still the nicest people, and they keep coming back. <laughs> and it just—it's so—it's so great, and it's like we have such great talent that we get to and work with. That makes—that's the other thing. Is, is oh like yeah, if, and it's so weird for all of us. For I mean, I think for a lot of us, but especially for me, to see complete strangers wearing Scarehouse merch with like a friend's face on their <laughs> chest. You're like, that's weird. Yeah, I know that. I know that lady. <laughs> yeah, and Nino just brought up that Dave is also a tattoo. <laughs> that's true yeah. yeah that somebody's been getting some scarehouse tattoos yep it's it's phenomenal you have to go back on the fan page if you want to check that guy out i've got some questions you got some questions Zork? uh yeah there was a question about the recent basement valentine's day basement um to say what were the three cents that you used um there uh remember that uh she <laughs> she had uh each person smell three different ones and they smelled familiar froggy's fre- or froggy's fog i'm guessing yep uh but i just wondered uh which exact sense they were so i'll set the scene and then let dutters answer because she was very excited about this uh so it was the spa at the sunset lodge yep. down in the basement and we did a uh, Romeo, uh, like whatever, smell therapy. Uh, aroma, aroma, thera- aroma therapy. A professional uh, scene. And uh, the actress down there, I instructed her to essentially treat it like a game show. <laughs> and because there was a combination of some smells were nice and some smells were nasty, but none of the labels would really indicate what you're going to do. And she was able to play all kinds of games of two people of like, getting, you know, kind of deal or no deal, getting them to, you know, make deals so one smells the one, one smells the other. But Dutter's... There was a secret trick, too. Um, the actress who was in that room is named Stacy, and the ones that smell bad started with S. So... <laughs> There's methods to our madness yeah. <laughs> behind the scenes. So I, I, I had to pull them up because I didn't want to screw up the names, but it is Froggy's Fog, and we use their smells throughout our haunts, good and bad. Some smell better than others. Uh, Froggy's Fog, by the way, they've been on the, uh, they've been actually on the Scarehouse podcast, mm-hmm. scarehousepodcast.com, subscribe. And the, uh, they actually, yeah, they are in our industry the leading company for, well, fog, yes. but um, <laughs> also for scents. They have just, when you go to the trade show, uh, you just, it's, it's this huge double sided rack of just ev- every kind of smell imaginable i mean i'm talking dozens of these things but 
Continue, Katie. All right. The winning smells were barnyard, raw sewage, and my favorite, poop fart. <laughs> poop fart. Poop fart. Do you get tired of your job? I get to say poop fart. Yeah. And yes, there were meetings. Do mm-hmm. we want raw sewage? Do we want barnyard? I there there's sulfur. There there's so many, so many crazy smells. All right, so I'm gonna jump because this is a good question. Um, how do you decide who is going to? I stole. Sorry, you're supposed to be doing the sorg. I'm stealing your job. That's fine. I got plenty <laughs> to do over they here. They took your job. Yeah. Uh, how do you decide who is going to be the title character for a season? And when you build an attraction, is it around a particular character who you know that will be in that role? Or do you find an actor to play that role that we envision? Yes. Yeah, because uh, it really It really depends. Um, there's, it's sort of like whoever, somebody asked earlier about how do we come up with haunts. Um, you know, going way back in the case of Delirium, we, we knew we wanted to do a 3D haunt. And we knew we wanted it to be fun. And... Um, I had the idea of making it like a nightclub so we could play popular music and I had some ideas which worked out that mm-hmm. lasers and DJ lighting would look really interesting in, in 3D. And from that, it became this idea of this character and going into her brain. And as we designed that character, we're like, well, we need, who would play that? And we realized, well, Tracy. Tracy's going to be delirium. Um so sometimes it happens like that. Obviously, what uh, Tom has been doing is Creepo for many years. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we had, uh, I need to remember, it was Hall of Nightmares where we gave birth to the Creepo character. And I think that was just a thing of, you know, one of our first really popular, iconic clowns. And that came from an idea I had of, it was really just a line of, it would be funny to have a clown who's been a clown too long who's just burned <laughs> out and bitter and like does not care. He's wearing a, you know, not just being like a scary carny, but like the guy who would just be like phoning it in sweaty t-shirt. And we said, well, that, I think Tom could do that. And Tom crushed it and came up with so many new levels of, and by the way, that character still makes me laugh to this day. Like the idea of like a clown who, went beyond and we and into just bitterness and disliking kids and trying to like pontificate about the truth and everything else and just doing really murderous, awful stuff. And that was a case of that character becoming increasingly popular and then rebranding 3d of again, a similar thing of what would Christmas lights look like in 3d, you know? And then it was dad who actually said creepos Christmas in 3d. He just said it. And it's so funny because Sometimes our design phase will last months as we go through all kinds of different alternate stuff. The Creepos Christmas in 3D, I think that entire meeting, that entire project of what do we want to do to Creepos Christmas in 3D was maybe five minutes. Because once we <laughs> said that, once he said it, we're like, yeah, well, we're never going to ever come up. We have to do that because we're going to go insane if we don't get to have Creepo the Clown to celebrate Christmas. But um, I'm rambling because I do that. But the... So it's it's a little bit of everything, you know. I think with um, last year's basement, we sort of built that up on some of the stuff Madison had done with the character, uh, and then sometimes it's completely opposite. You know, with Sunset Lodge, we came up with the idea of the hotel, and then we said we want to fill it with some really interesting serial killers, and then in that case, it was a matter of we had a certain kind of character that um, one of our actresses did. I'm, I'm doing that because I realize I don't think we say her name that often. Um, and then 
you know, so it's a little bit of column A, column B, I guess. I think, do you want to, uh, I think there was a good one about favorite haunts. Uh, I had one lined up about the actors, actually, Ooh, since okay. we're in that spot. Uh, what is the youngest and the oldest actors you've had? The youngest is always 18, because we do 18 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, have to be 18, to be 18 or, or older to work there. And then, oh gosh, Bob. How old Bob. is Bob? It's Bob. It's Bob. <laughs> Bob. We love Bob. They're everybody really- loves Bob. Um, Bob should really be on one of these podcasts, by the way. Uh, Bob, if you've been through Scarehouse, you've seen Bob straight up but uh he has been well he was chris kringle the one year and then he he was a farmer character he's been in some of the tv coverage but bob is really a uh i do not know how old bob is honestly i'm trying to but bob's been doing local haunted houses Bob's in his 60s yeah oh yeah yeah and bob has been doing local haunted houses from oh gosh yeah at least the 90s I, I have photos from a haunted house that was not the Station Square uh, amphitheater thing in the building that was that used to be there where Saddle Ridge was. Uh, there was a fundraiser there, a firefighters haunted Pittsburgh firefighters haunted house, and Bob worked there. So Bob worked there. Bob worked for the Fright Fest. Bob worked for USS Nightmare. Like he has this whole legacy of just working at these haunted houses. And by the way. I don't think Bob has really aged. He no. might very well be a vampire. He, he likes playing a vampire. He does. I don't know if we covered this. What are each of your favorite haunts from over the years? I think I teased this one already on uh, Twitter. I said, uh, it's coming back. Pittsburgh Zombies is my mm. favorite. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's my. Fa- it, it has a special place. That's you where know, I, I'm I, excited because I found some Pittsburgh Zombies stickers. Actually, I think one's on my laptop. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got the old school. Oh, wow. I found UP. some old PodCamp swag. Yeah. So... I went through, I think I still have a pile of them somewhere I want to get yes. out there. We can redistribute. I'm really I'm excited to be able to essentially do a kind of sequel to Pittsburgh Zombies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I cuz I think that's such a strong I hate to sound all corporate, such a strong brand. Uh but that experience was so fun. I will say name drop. Uh that was I know Guillermo was really lit up when I was walking through uh with him. That was the one where he was just as somebody had said like the big teddy bear man like, "Oh, oh." Um I, I think, I I mean, I really can't pick a favorite. I can pick favorite elements of each one. I think that for me, for example, the, the church scene in Forsaken, I think is one of my favorite, like that entire experience and that element. So Forsaken would probably be up there for me. I think Second Year Basement would be up there for me, mm-hmm. but... There's so much, you know, I think that what we were able to do with Pittsburgh Zombies with this sort of transmedia storytelling of it, of we had taken the lessons we learned from Rampage, which was very ambitious, but ultimately not quite as successful, but was really interesting. We learned a lot of lessons that we were able to apply to Pittsburgh Zombies to make that really, really work. Um, but I, I can't ever say that there's a haunt I haven't liked, but I'd say I probably, if I were to, had to pick it'd probably be a tie between second year basement and uh forsaken for me yeah and somebody on facebook asked um what's your favorite scene do you have a favorite scene uh probably that church scene yeah uh from the forsaken that was pretty badass yeah uh just because it it was that thing that scarehouse likes to do of tight 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 and then big wide open thing but also just it was a really cool looking set and then it was also like oh this is a 
burned out church. That's wrong. That's mm-hmm. weird. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, and we certainly did a lot with the theater was a much larger set. Uh, the theater might be one of my favorites. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, theater like, was That good. was always fascinating, especially when like you started playing with the fog a little bit in there, and that yeah. reveal was you know, you're in this wide open space, but you're still getting stuff pops out in front of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That isn't you know the the theater is a perfect example of taking we mentioned earlier like one of the most old school techniques of you walk down the small place, there's fog, there's a light in your face, and an actor pops up in front of you, and you don't see him because the light's mm-hmm. in your eyes. And we took a scare that is usually designed for like a four by four stretch of hallway and said, what if we make the most massive set ever? Yeah. But still use that same lighting effect. And it worked because you were able to see, you were aware you were in this massive giant set and you could seemingly see all around you, but not really. And then the scares would happen and then you'd go around to the back of it and it looked totally different. So I always loved the engineering of that. And a lot of that was just sort of, that was the most ultimately the most rewarding thing we did, but also the most challenging. Uh, it took those first couple of weeks of the summoning. We're like, how do, this is not working, but yeah, then it worked great. What else exciting? Do you, uh, someone asked if we ever ask other people for advice within our industry? Oh yeah. Think, yeah. We're always, I feel like we're all, you always, you have to be open to asking advice and talking to other people and being willing to learn constantly. Constantly. Yeah. You can never, the minute that you start pontificating that you are the expert or you know it all, or you're the king or you don't need to learn like, Oh, you're so wrong. You're going to be out of business soon, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm always, uh, listening to podcasts, watching videos, uh, talking to other honors, uh, and also like, getting a lot of experience from other industries yeah. going to IAPA talking to friends in the theme park business I think that's true sorry I was trying to make sure I didn't miss any any other questions sorry friends um was do you have any other ones from the beforehand no I think that's uh oh you don't know that we did the the favorites mm-hmm. uh we did the sense <laughs> um although Adam says that he has an aim for the head magnet on his fridge yes <laughs> Aim for the head magnet. And for those wondering, the sticker. Oh, yeah. yeah I have yeah. the uh, UPEC infective sticker on my laptop uh, for, yeah. the, for the Pittsburgh Zombies. Awesome. So, um, someone asked if there's any hints for the basement. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, how, oh, how open your hint do you want is to... we mm. just did Valentine's Day. Mm. Calm down. Uh, no. The, <laughs> no, we will... Yeah, it's it's this will yeah this will be our sixth year of yeah. basement, so it's gonna be interesting. Um, yeah, I, I have some I have some thoughts, but mm-hmm. they have not quite. Yeah, hasn't a lot of our energy has yeah. been focused upstairs right now. Honestly, I have two zombie related questions for you. Ooh, since cool. we're in that theme right now, yeah. one, Katie, is your are because of this new theme coming up uh, with the return of the Pittsburgh Zombies? Are we going to have more of you and Donnie the zombie? Oh, yeah. Oh, did people actually... Did you enjoy Donnie the Zombie? I think people enjoyed it more than I expected them to. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes we do things and I'm like, I don't know if people are really going to get into this. And uh, it seemed like people really enjoyed it. Yeah, Donnie the... Donnie. Donnie of the Dead. Donnie. God bless Rob Johnson. That's... Yeah. I I have made peace with the fact that um, I have no kids, but I... So I I don't think I have the right to do it, but I'm in my 40s, so I get to do dad jokes now. Um, 
and Donnie the Dead just killed me when he because again character name what are we going to call this guy what are we going to call this guy and Rob said Donnie of the Dead I'm like this is this is brilliant this is genius mm-hmm. um, but yeah we did a whole series of videos they're on the YouTube channel YouTube uh, dot com forward slash the scarehouse subscribe um, <laughs> and yeah those are really fun and again another example of Sometimes we just do weird stuff because it amuses us, and that amused me. So, yeah, Donnie will definitely be back in some form. And, and also, because I think this was attached to the zombies before, will there be another related music video? Man, that is so funny. Uh, that was one of the first things that I think popped up on my radar for Scarehouse was that music video. Yeah, that. So, Walking Dead Apocalypse, uh, that video... That would be 2010, I think. Um, again, another scarehouse thing of oh, it would be fun to do. I, I think Rob was Robin, uh, the other guy who was in the band, Matt, uh, best friend fight. They had the song "Walking Dead Apocalypse" that they had just kind of thrown. I would say thrown together, but they had made this song and they were playing with it. And they approached us with the idea of doing it as a music video. In a typical scarehouse fashion, what started as a quick little thing we would bang out turned into a massive production with a dolly track. Uh, we were in the building next door. We did set dressing. There was choreography. Um, had to find a choreographer in very short notice. Um, and again, so much fun. And it really... and again. Also in Scarehouse, we did that a year before we even announced Pittsburgh Zombies, but we just liked the idea so much. And it, um, I will say that's where we used a lot of new equipment and techniques that have since been used in Scarehouse videos pretty heavily. So it was a good sort of proof of concept that we could make something that looked that it cost, like it cost four or five times as much as it actually did. But uh, we shot it in mid-August, which was dumb. Um, as we do. But yeah, I, I don't know if we'll do another music video or not. I think I think that uh, social media has kind of changed in some ways. I think in a weird way, Rob and I actually talk about this sometimes, that music video was almost too professional to really get as much of an appeal as we thought it would. It mm-hmm. Probably if we were to do something again, it'd be scrappy and weird and done on Facebook Live probably. It's all my zombie-related questions. Yay! <laughs> All right, I do. I think we pretty much got most of the things. Yeah, there's a lot we covered. I feel like we covered a lot. <laughs> Dutters, are you more of a cat or a dog person? Cat. You teased that. Cat. I, I feel like cats. we got to deliver on that. Cats, cats, cats. Um, yeah, we've been talking for a while. <laughs> I just yeah. realized that. Uh, so we hit most of the questions. Uh, might just look at one more here. Last time you were scared. Um. You can answer that question because I want to think about it for a second. I'm trying to think. I don't know the last time I was scared. In the haunt? Usually, if, if some, I get startled in the haunt when um, we move props. If a prop, like a plant, is not in the same spot oh, yeah. the second time, I will do that. Ah! <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are some people on our team that I've seen um, <laughs> yell expletives and oh, kick, yeah. um things because they've gotten so scared. Yeah. Nicole. But <laughs> I got scared at the haunt. Well, I mean, the actors can scare scare me, but I got uh, I got scared by a, a palm tree. Uh, <laughs> it was a uh, of course. so it was an it's one of these 
terrible, cheesy, artificial plants that we have because your house has a lot of weird stuff. And I was just walking through the haunt, and at some point somebody had moved it to a place where it isn't normally. So it was in the absolute dark. And all that happened was I'm walking through the dark, and if you think about like those, you know, those cheesy artificial trees you see at like Sam's Club and Costco, like if you see something like that moving at you <laughs> in the dark, you're just like, it looks like this weird Lovecraftian swifty thing like what the like it wasn't only that it scared me it was like i my brain could not figure out what it was that was coming at me because it was like making the weird noise and shivling and seemed to have no real form and yeah i think one of the other questions was if we had any hints for the scare house and what we're doing and i think i think zombies was enough (laughs) that's That's all you get that's all you get you can ask more in the future all you get for today is zombies there will be zombies well i think this was a pretty good Q and A. I appreciate all the questions. I know Scott appreciates all the questions. Yes. Yeah, we we like talking about ourselves apparently. Um, but thank you so much for sending in questions. And like I said, this will be a podcast soon. In, uh, and and where would you go for that podcast? Oh, and what would you do when you get podcast. there? Com. <laughs> and you should subscribe to this podcast. I haven't gotten to the spiel at the end. Um, but if you do, if you're listening to this and you do enjoy this podcast, please subscribe so then you will get this podcast automatically whenever we put a new one up. And also. Um, the we please subscribe and leave feedback preferably good and tell your friends and join our email list i know we're asking you to do all these things but uh if you join our email list uh it allows you know like people on the email list found out about pittsburgh zombies first for mm-hmm. example and we're able to for example with valentine's day basement i think people on the email list probably got first dibs on that by a couple days yeah and um a lot of it is just, how can I say this without getting into a lot of the boring stuff? On Facebook, it's getting a little harder to reach people, honestly, uh, because of the algorithms and things that Facebook is doing. Email list, once you sign up, you know, and we don't spam you. We're not doing things like... Uh, Sending emails is, is nerve-wracking. Yeah. So <laughs> we will do it when we have to do it. <laughs> but what we do, yeah, and most of them come from Katie. And yeah. just, yeah, every so often... In the off season, she's just like, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what's yep. going on. Here's a cool thing. A lot of fun behind the scenes kind of stuff. And then as we get closer to the season, then we start sending out more. And usually it's like, here's how you can save some money on ScareHouse tickets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you go to the website, ScareHouse.com, there's a little uh, opt-in thing you can just fill out. It only takes a couple of seconds. Yeah. Or on our Facebook page, is a little sign-up button. Super cool. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and watching us or listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye, everyone.